Hey, it's Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Redefined Church Podcast. I'm so glad that you're taking part of your day to join us. I hope this message challenges you. I hope that it inspires you. But more importantly, I hope that it helps you grow spiritually. If you want to be a part of what we're doing here at Redefined Church, you can always support us by going to liveredefined.com forward slash give. I hope you enjoy today's message. Today we're in week two of Start With Why, and we're discussing the fruit of your why. Last week we identified your why a little bit, and I shared, I shared kind of my example of why and how it changed my life because I was a how person, and um, I was such a how person that I was a bulldozer. I didn't care who or what was in the way. I just knew this is what we had to do. This is how we're going to do this. And so, matter of fact, that's one of the, probably the most hurtful things I've ever been called as a bulldozer because I realized in it that I really didn't care for people like I thought I did. And the good news is, is I've grown up a lot since then, and I've, I've, I've gotten better. And so we've addressed that, and life is good. And so today, you likely fit in one of these three categories. And if you're looking at my thumb, uh, we had a great, uh, a great awesome, Kaz uh, broke a lamp this week. And so I've got a few stitches in my thumb while I'm saving lives. I'm just saving infants' lives, okay? And so uh, you likely fit in one of these categories. And to figure out where you fit in the um, what how and why box, you just need to answer the question, what you ask the most. When it comes down to it, when, when you feel like you're under pressure, what are the questions that you're asking the most? What are the questions that you're answering the most? Like as you go through life, are you answering a bunch of, are you answering a bunch of whys? Are you asking and answering a bunch of whats? Are you asking and doing a bunch of hows? So then most of us are what people? What are you doing? What are we doing? What's going on? What's going to happen? What, 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 what? There are fewer how people and there are limited whys. And so through last week and this week, what my hope is for you is that we would help you identify where you're at in this, in this, in these three categories and where, and help you see where you need to shift um, or where your shift needs to happen, where you need to move to. And so today is a bookend message. Uh, it's a prequel to last week, but it's also uh, the finish to your why today. We're going to be talking about fruit. And so, by the way, this is not a self-help talk. Um, if you missed last week's message, you need to, to get the full message. Um, what makes this applicable to you is based out of the Bible, which we believe is the truth. This is, this is the truth from the Bible, not an opinion from a man. And so we believe the Bible is the best self-help book there is. We also believe it's the best leadership book there is. We believe the Bible was left for us to help us lead our personal lives. And so today, that's how we're moving forward. We're moving forward in the truth and hopefully with the Spirit of God uh, behind us. And so, um, why we're starting our year with why is this? Everyone knows or can identify a what. Most of us do that. Matter of fact, most of us do that startup every year. What are we going to do this year? What am I going to do to be better? Um, am I going to exercise? You know, what do I need to change this year? And we start real well. And when we identify that what, it only takes us further from our why and the real reason that we're here on earth. And culture, society, marketing have all done a really great job of creating what's for us to chase. And it's constantly changing and evolving and always going. And so once we identify a what that we want to chase, uh, we love getting lost in the how and how we're going to accomplish that what, right? And very few people ever get to their why because, um, because they're seeking results and not the reason. 
Very few people get to their why because they're seeking results, not the reason. And so before we jump in today, let's take just a moment and pray. Father, thanks for this opportunity we have to gather in the name of Jesus. I ask whether you would help us to open our eyes and our ears, to open our hearts, to open our hands, Lord, to receive, Lord, to understand why you put each of us, the human race, on the face of this earth. Help us to um, be engaged, to get up on the edge of our seats, Lord, to take notes, to open your word, to engage, Lord, to grow, to move forward in our faith, to grow in our relationship with you so we can be better followers of Jesus. We love you, and we thank you for sending your son. It's in his name. Amen. So today I'm going to explain the IY one more time. This has also been called the Golden Circle. You can find this on Google. It's not like, I didn't create this. It's been around for a long time. And so we're going to talk from the inside out. And what you see from the outside circle is essentially what? The middle circle is how, and the inside circle is why. Why is real small, hard to hit, hard to focus on. The exterior, or the middle part, the how, is a little bit easier, okay? Fewer points there, but a little easier. And then what we tend to hit pretty much automatically. And so what you learn or understand about a what is, um, uh, about the eye wire, the bullseye, is people start from the outside in. They immediately identify what they need to do. They figure out how they can do it. They get lost in that how for a certain period of time and, and they don't understand or realize, but that why in the middle is only a desired result. It's something that they want to accomplish or something they want to see happen. It's not really the root or the, or the, the basis of what they're doing. And so today we're going to flip this out, uh, upside down and inside out. That's a song, okay? And we're going to work it from the inside out. And so the first one that you see right there is why, how, and what now. I'm going to reference 1 Thessalonians 5.23. It says this, And the God of peace himself sanctify you wholly, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus. So if I put the second graphic up here and I say, uh, from the inside out, we're going to say we are spiritual beings. We are called to be spirit, spiritual beings first. We have a soul, which is the middle, which is where Hal used to live, and we have a body. Okay. Just from the perspective of 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Now, what are the actions of these three things? The actions are the third slide or the third graphic, which is we are spiritual beings, we are emotional beings, and we are physical beings, right? You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. You live in a body. And so we all have different levels of health. We're all in different stages and different phases of health. And so the hope is that each of us would live balanced lives spiritually, emotionally, and physically from the inside out, staying rooted, staying connected in that relationship with Jesus. But when we tend to keep our foot on the gas physically and drive harder and harder to a what, this creates distance in us from our why, from that center circle. And especially when we confuse our why with a result, with a desired result, or something that we want to see. It's, it's what we're driving for, right? And the one thing that you could see consistently in all of those IYs or bullseyes or golden circles, the IY, okay, is in the center was your why and is your spirit. In the center is your why and is your spirit. Why? Why is it like that? Genesis 2.7 says, Then the Lord formed a man from the dust of the ground, and breathe into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man become a living being. Became, and the man became a living being. 
and I bolded being there because it didn't say, it does not say doing. It says he became a being, not a doing, and a doing is a what. And so why God put you here is to be. Why God put you here is to be. Well, Dusty, I get bored with being. Don't you know I've been cooped in my house for 10 months and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I really do. I really do understand that. And so we get bored with being and we get caught up in watching what everybody else is doing, right? And what the media is telling us to do. And our attention shifts to the external things that are kind of all around us and we confuse our being with our doing. Now, we're at different places at this too because some of us engage on social media and our phones and TV a lot more than others. And we confuse our being with our doing and we assume. So then what happens in our spirituality, we assume that God put us here for a task. And that's just something we have to do, right? And so now we're going to put graphic four up. And as graphic four comes up, what you see is the middle is kind of where we trend to because of chasing those what's. And we're after a desired result. Okay. And our how, in our how, if we're talking about First Thessalonians in this, and our how is those emotions and those thoughts, and it's our soul. It's where we wrestle a lot, right? And then the outside circle is doing. It's doing. It's, well, this is what we need to do, right? And over time, the task, we're just going to leave this graphic up. Over time, the task we assume God put us here for becomes work. Becomes work. And it becomes a heavy have to. It's a heavy have to. Instead of what it was intended to be, which is a grateful get to. Man, thank God today, right? And so, as people, we lean away from the why, okay? We lean away from our spiritual health. We lean away from the why, and we define our what, or the desire that we're after. And along the way, we get lost in our emotions. We battle our thoughts, and we battle all that. And at the end of the day, we say, man, I thought it was going to be different this time. Dadgummit, I thought it was going to be different this time. Yet you're still in the same place. And all of that, and in all of that, your soul suffers. Your soul suffers. Because we create and define the what. The doing on the exterior of that. And so we let that desired want, that desired result uh, die. We step away for a minute. Or we change it. We change that result, and then we kind of change some of that house stuff in the middle, okay, which doesn't change the thought at all. And we change how we're doing it or what we're doing. Or we say, ah, to heck with it. Foot on the gas. We're doing it anyways. And we drive ourselves into the ground. And I can say this because I did it. And when you see that God breathed life into Adam and called him to be, just as he called you to be. He called you to be just the same. God created you. He created the human race for relationship. And I want to talk about God's why for just a second because this would be the prequel to to last week's uh, message. Genesis 1.27 says you're called for relationship. So God created mankind in his own image. The image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. You heard the term like father, like son. This is it. He created your image, even his image. And for our house, it's like father, like daughter, or like daughter, like father, because Lane looks more like me than all of them, and uh, it's amazing. And on the real, once we get past that relationship side, we see, well, God created you 
for three things. God has three whys for your life. Three, three whys that he created you for. This is, this, is, this is him to you, right? To know him, to love him, and to thank him or honor him or worship him. We say thanksgiving and praise. Thank him is what I shorten this to. There's scripture here. And so the first is this. God created you to know him, to know him. You could use a ton of scripture for this to back all this up, but you're going to find the best one, I think, in John chapter 17, verse 3. John 17, 3, Jesus prays to God the Father, revealing his mission to restore people to their proper relationship to God. Jesus tells us that he came to reconcile our broken relationship with God, right? That he came to bring eternal life to us and that we were under the sentence or a sentence of death, but, but Jesus. And he, as he prays in 17 and John 17, 3, he says, This is eternal life, that they may know the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. He confirms that relationship and how God created you to know him. And even though Adam and Eve broke our relationship in the garden, Jesus came to restore. Number two, God created you to love him, to love him. Uh, by the way, I'm answering questions from last week in, in, some of, in some of this message right here. So two questions in particular. When God saved his people from, uh, uh, his people out of the Egyptian slavery, when he saved the Israelites from Egyptian slavery, he gave them a law. And at the end of that law, God reveals that the main point of the law is love. And God desires for you and me, for us, to love him. It's Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 6. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your might. And these words I command you today shall be on your heart. That's the Old Testament version of what we found at Redefined Church on Matthew 22, 37 through 39. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Number three, God created you to worship and thank him, or to be grateful, to be grateful. Before the throne of God in heaven, you and I are going to join the hosts of heaven, and we are going to do what God created us to do. We're going to worship, and it's going to be incredible, and it's going to be happy. If that's, a, if that's even an emotion, it's going to be incredible. Maybe let me just say it like that, okay? Scripture reveals to us the kind of uh, worship that we're going to offer God in Revelation 4.11. It says, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. They have their being. God has many more whys in why he created you why he created the earth, but these are just a few of the whys for creation, God's why. Now the word says our why, if we go back to the first graphic, our why, okay, if we're looking inside out, our why is to go into all the earth and make disciples. Go into all the earth and make disciples. And so, where do we find this? This is Matthew 28, 18 through 20, stick with me. Then Jesus came up and said to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Notice there are ands, commas and ands there. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always. Can we just remember that today? Remember today, I am with you always. Easy. I'm with you. 
and to the end of this age. The Good News Translation, I love the Good News Translation of Matthew 28, uh, 19. It says, wherever you go, make disciples of all people. Pretty simple. Wherever you go, make disciples of all people. We see the commission in Mark 16, 15, and 16, which says, He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The one who believes and is baptized will be saved, but the one who does not will be condemned. We tend to leave that one that, that end off there, but that's the truth. The one who believes and is baptized is going to be saved. Eternal life. The one who doesn't is going to be condemned. Now, of this commission, if we talk about Matthew 28 and Mark 16, we understand from a Henry Barnapol that 46% of America believes that, or they would call themselves Christians or believers in Jesus, which means we believe this or part of this to be true and to be our why. This is our why as the church, the body of people, the body of believers, these two scriptures. Where are we? Where have we been? Have you seen us? Have you seen us? Are we playing hide and seek? But we're not seeking? Are, are, don't we have part, part of the responsibility of the direction, the leadership, the spiritual life of our country? Doesn't it rest in the church? Doesn't it rest in us? Isn't this our why? goes on to say that you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth, not the light of the world. You're not the salt of the shaker and the light of your closet. That doesn't help us. Us, the church, capital C, Western culture, world church. It doesn't help us to be the salt of only at church, which we've not got to meet in 44 weeks now, and the light of your closet. Nobody else can see that. Nobody else can see that. John 20, 21 says, again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on him and said, receive my spirit, receive the Holy Spirit. In Acts 1, 8, it says, but you receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, which needs to be taught, preached, taught. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the farthest parts of the earth. You will be my witnesses to the farthest parts of the earth. So, we know our why is to be and walk in the spiritual realm. To be fully, I think it's Proverbs, fully devoted followers of Christ. Right? And so then, our why as the human race is spiritual first, emotional second, physical third. That's not anywhere. I'm telling you, if you have to put them in an order, I'm doing that today because we tend to go physical and we skip right over emotional, right? So I'm saying today, I'm challenging you to put your why and the whys of your house in order from spiritual out to the doing, from being to doing is essentially what that says. Now, some of you are farther off than others, okay? Some of you are uh, closer. Some of you see clearer than others. Some of you um, are more lost than others. We're all in different places, okay? So you can't compare to anybody because you're on your own walk. 
but our why is spiritual. And the reality is, here's the reality. This is what it kind of all boils down to. The reality is when you don't see results in your why or in the why, all you feel is weight. And all of our thoughts then lead us to worry. So we find something to do about it. We should find something to do. What are we going to do? Right? And we skip right, our, right over our emotions and we do something to physically handle it. Well, I'm, I can't wait around anymore. I'm, I'm going to do something. Right? Why? Here's why. Because when the minutes and the hours and the days just keep going by without answers, we get impatient. We get impatient. As believers, we get impatient. Even though we know these one, two, three, four, five things, even though we know these five things that God has promised to us, when time goes by and it's out of our control, we get impatient because we can't see fruit. Even though we know this, Romans 12, 12, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. We know that. Do we know it here? Do we believe it here? Where's it at? Psalms 27, 14. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. I'm bored. I don't want to wait anymore. I'm tired of this. What are we going to do? Wait for the Lord. Exodus 14, 14. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. Come on. Isaiah 30, 18. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. Wait doesn't mean hide. Okay? Wait does not mean be silenced. 2 Peter 3, 8 through 9. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. Wait. Oh, hang on. Sorry. With the Lord. A day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, and some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you. Talking about this slowness and being patient. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But everyone to come to repentance. And so then, our why is spiritual. Even, even when we don't see results and all we feel is wait and all we want to do is worry, and we want to find something to do about it. Our why is spiritual, and we forget and get impatient and run off without God. And God's saying, hey, last time I checked, I'm still the guy. I'm still the boss. I've still got it under control. And so, with what, what, is, the, what is all those scriptures? What are they saying? What are those scriptures for you today? Let's throw those up full screen right now, why? Right? Romans 12, 12 through 2 Peter 3, 8 through 9. Here's what we're saying. This is the faith that you need to hang on to the Father when the human reason tells you to let go. This is the faith you need to hang on to the Father when the human reason tells you to let go. So, so that, let's do give a so that in there. So that you'll rely solely upon him. 
This is 2 Corinthians 1.9. So much scripture today. The truth. I'm giving you the promises of God. 2 Corinthians 1.9. We felt the death sentence had been passed on to us. But this happened so that we would stop relying on ourselves, the human race, the human being, people, leaders, anybody but us. This happened so we would stop relying on ourselves and only rely on God who raises the dead when he wants on his timing, for those who are patient, for those who will wait. It's human to feel frustrated. It's human. It's human to be anxious. It's human to feel like all of your hope is dying. What is your hope rooted in? We talked about that leading up to Christmas. Do you have wishful hope? Do you have certain hope? Where is your hope? But when you have all this anxious, frustrated, just, ugh. When you have that, that's human. It's human. Why? Because we lack control of our circumstances. That's the truth. We lack control of our circumstances. Someone else seems to be impeding our progress. We don't like it. They decide how we're spending the moments of our lives. Our time on earth is limited. The Bible tells us that. And somebody else is deciding how I spend the moments of my lives or how they'll be spent. I don't like that either. That's human, okay? And these same people who are deciding all of these other things are preventing us from enjoying the one thing that truly makes us happy. That's how we feel. It's human. Well, this is happening and it's keeping me from this. We think that we find happiness in that, right? But... Big but here. If it's only a what or something you do that makes you happy, if it's only a what or something you do that makes you happy, you're never going to get to true happiness because it's not connected to a why. It's connected to a result. And the reason that is because we like what's. We like big what's, right? Said it. We like what's? We like what's because we can control the outcome. I got it. I got it. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. Why are we doing that? Because I got it. Okay? We like what's because we control the outcome. We get our desired result. We get what we want out of it. That's why we like to go, this is what we're doing. Okay? And this leads to our what becoming how we identify with who we are. That's the root of it right there. Control. Had a great conversation about control, power, and money this week. It just was mind-blowing for me. That's what it's about. We like to control the result, okay? And what you need to know in in all of this, in all of this is this. What's, the what's that we decide on, those what's constantly change because results run out. They're worldly, earthly, human results. The what's that we decide to do constantly run out. We constantly get tired of them they, and because the results run out. Even in exercise, even when we work out, our results run out. We hit a plateau. We hit a place where we look and feel the same. We can't lose any more weight. We can't any more weight. We, we're just, we are there. Blah. Even exercise, even exercise, the results run out. Our why is spiritual. Our why is spiritual. 
And the reality is, is when you don't see results in your why, and all you feel is the weight, and all you do is worry, it's because you're being impatient. I'm the same way. It's because I'm being impatient, right? And because we're impatient, we do not see spiritual fruit. And we don't see spiritual fruit because we are disconnected spiritually. That's the truth. Because we're connected to a thing as opposed to Jesus, the Creator, God. What we do in this situation, what we do has become who we are, not why we're here. What we do has become who we are, not why we're here. And so, how do we get our why to be fruitful or productive again? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> I'm so glad that you asked. I hope this is good. I'm closing. It's my last page. How do we do that? Operate your life in the spiritual. Operate your life in the spiritual. What does that mean? Never heard that before. You're crazy. Okay. Galatians 5, through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. When has anybody got in trouble for being that? Start your why by walking in this. Operate your life this way. This ties so beautifully to Matthew 22, 37-39. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Can you love yourself? Can you have happiness and peace and kindness and goodness and faithfulness? Gentleness, self-control? You must. These must be in you because this is the fruit of the Spirit that God has put in you. Right? Now, in this, though, here's what you have to remember. We're called to focus on the spirit, not the fruit. Okay? Woo! Love the fruit. Okay, we got a cherry tree. We planted, I don't know how long, we have one more season we get cherries. Okay? So, it'll be the third season for the tree. We are called not to focus on the fruit. We're called to focus on the spirit. Okay? Three things that, that your spirit wants to do, that your body or your flesh is going to want to keep you from. Your flesh, your flesh wants you to do stuff. Your flesh wants you to be busy. Okay? Your flesh wants you to do. Your spirit wants you to be, which takes patience. Your flesh wants to sin. Do wrong. Push the limits. Okay? Your spirit wants self-control. It's right there, Galatians 5, 22 to 23. Your flesh wants to control your mood, how you behave, and your spirit wants peace. Your spirit wants peace. And so as we wrap up, I want to ask you this question. What if we all led Romans 13, 13 through 14 in our lives? It says this, let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in drunkenness or sexual immorality, not in quarreling and jealousy. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Make zero provision for their flesh to gratify its desires, but to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. What's that mean? Put on his spirit. What is his spirit? Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, 
goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. No law. How do I wrap up today? I'm going to wrap up by this if you're taking notes. I hope you've been taking notes the whole day. I didn't say it, but I think we have that in our culture right by now. We're a, week in, we're a year and a week old. Come on, somebody. Graphic five. Why are you here? Why are you here? God created you. It's Genesis 2-7. Okay? I'm going to double up on the why. The center bullseye has two scriptures in here. Stay with me. Okay? Why are you here? God created you. It's Genesis 2-7. Okay? He breathed life into you. He said that you look like him. He said that you are loved. And he said, man, you look good. It is good. Okay? Why do you exist? Why do you exist now? Why are you here? God's why? Why do you exist? You exist for real relationship. Matthew 22, 37 through 39. Jesus says it clearly. If you will love God with everything you have, heart, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, you'll find that everything else will take care of itself. Love. Operate in love. Now in that, there should be a lot of truth. Okay? Because God is just as much a God of truth as he's a God of love, as he's a God of grace. Okay? Well, how do I do that? We're, let's bump out of the, of the why now. We're going to get in that second circle. How? This is your how. I got asked this week, uh, do you have one why? Do you have multiple whys? Is there a big why and some small whys? And, and we're getting there. We're getting there. Okay? How? This is uh, three things? This is three things. Matthew 28, 19. Go into all the world and make disciples. Wherever you go, be like Jesus. Okay? Um, be salt and light. It's Matthew 5, 13 through 16. In 1 Timothy 4, 12, be an example in word, deed, purity, and faith. In everything you do, be an example. Be an example. Be an example. Even if you have to use words. What's that mean? I got caught putting a couple shopping carts back at Kroger the other day. I didn't say a word, okay? Be an example. Whoa! Dude's put his car back. Holy cow. Okay? I just opened up three parking spots. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, to what? Now, this is the big one. Because we all love what's. We like big what's, right? We all love what's. To what? Your talent or your position. This is Ephesians 2.10. It's Ephesians 2.10. You're God's workmanship, created for good works. Woo! We love to take that and go put in first place and go. I'm doing this because I'm doing this in the name of Jesus, man. Get out of my way. Right? And that's great. It's great that you do that. However, it's disconnected from a why. It's going to be empty. Your results are going to be nil, and you're going to be frustrated, and then you're going to walk away. Okay? And I don't want you to do that. I want you to grow in your faith. I want you to move forward in your relationship with God. So we need to establish your why. We've, been, we've done this. Okay? So... Your what is your talent. It's your current position. So how am I going to do this? I'm going to go wherever I go. I'm going to be an example. I'm going to be salt. I'm going to be light. Go with what you have, okay? What am I doing? I'm, I'm a lawyer. I'm an attorney. I'm a, those are the same thing, essentially, I guess, huh? Uh, I'm a banker. I'm a realtor. I am a pastor. I'm a housewife. I'm a... Um, Cook, I'm a chef, with what you have, because you're God's workmanship, because he called you and he chose you ahead of time, knew you were going to do this anyways, knew this is what you were going to do with your life before you knew what you, that you were going to do with your life, 
He knew it. And so now we use that to be salt and light, be an example, and wherever we are, be Jesus. Okay? Go with what you have. What else, Dusty? With the hat you have on, it's your title, it's your position, it's your hat. What hat? Husband, wife, friend, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend. What is the hat you're wearing? Wear it as an example of salt and light, letting people see Jesus. I hope all that makes sense. <laughs> your action steps today is quite a bit if you're taking notes. Identify, identify this. Number one, identify if you know God the position or God the person. Do you know God the position or God the person? I'm not going to say anything else. You need to identify that. Ask yourself, do you believe in what he did or why he did it? Do I believe what God did or why he did it? What what's do you remember from God and what whys do you remember from God? Okay. Decide if you're going to let God change your life or if this is just going to be a box you check on Sundays. Because if you're not going to walk in that how with your what, if you only want to walk in your what, and you want to disconnect spiritually six, 167 hours a week, and that one hour a week you think that's going to make the difference, it's not. So you need to decide if you're going to let God change your life. Am I going to walk in this? Do you believe this enough to let God change your life? Start, number, next thing is this, start being who God called you to be. Not your title. Not your title. I just gave you the blueprint. I believe it's true for every human being on the face of the earth. And start living your why, which is our why. Go make disciples. Well, hey, thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope that it challenged you and that you'll take steps this week to have a greater faith and to go deeper in your relationship with God. If you want to know more about what's happening here at Redefine Church, you can visit us online at liveredefine.com. Follow us on social media at Redefine Church or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.